All right, all right. Welcome to House of Pride Radio live from San Francisco, folks. It's another Wednesday right here in San Francisco. Chilly day here. Uh, but you know what? We're just going to go with it. Uh, we're so excited to have our first guest live on the radio all the way over from new york city the one and only the singing diva herself miss kimberly davis can you hear us Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today on House of Pride Radio. We're so happy to have you. You currently I'm have... I'm so happy that you guys gave me this opportunity. Thank you, Tweeka. Um, well, <laughs> you're welcome, uh, and thank you. And now you must, might be wondering, why is Tweeka playing Fame from the famous movie Fame? Uh, well, it's because I read <laughs> <laughs> that you uh, graduated from LaGuardia <laughs> School of Arts. <laughs> I did, I did, and and believe it or not, I saw, I actually saw that movie, fell in love with the soundtrack, and said, I'm going, that's it, hands down, I'm going there, and I'm going to dance on the, and sing on the table, too. How that's, that's how many young people saw that movie and, and wanted to go there, but it takes more than just a desire, it takes some talent, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, and, and a good grade average. <laughs> and a good grade average. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, can you give us one name, if you can remember, of a teacher over there that really inspired you? Oh, my God, yes. Miss Sheldon. Oh, my God. She was a Southern belle. Oh. She had the whole thing, the drawl and everything, and she told me that I could be the next Leontine Price, and I, at the time, I didn't know who that was. So I did my research, and I was like totally, I was just, it, it made me feel like, wow, I can do this. Because I was a little apprehensive going to the school, you know, because, again, everyone there is talented. You know, mm-hmm. so where I came from, you know, I was the girl that could sing, but then when I got there, it was plenty of girls that could sing. But it was an awesome opportunity because I got to learn from those same people. And I got the best teacher in the world, Miss Shelton. Hi, Miss Shelton. It's just around. I love you. Oh, I love it. I love it. Everything. She was everything. <laughs> I mean, often teachers, you know, really push the student to take it to the next level. And it, it sounds like yeah. you were inspired. Um Tell us a little bit about, um, I know we're going to talk about your collaboration with Tony Moran. He's a good friend of ours over here at House of Pride Radio. But before that, I was looking at your uh, discography, and you've had a a few hits prior to collaborating with him. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into the genre of dance and how you scored your first hit? Well, um, I actually was doing some voiceovers and reference vocals for the writer, Mike Greenlee. And he was always taking these references and passing them on and stuff. And he kept saying, you know, who is this girl that's singing these references? We need to get her to do some stuff. And that's how simple it was. I just started recording with him. And all of the songs were, you know, had a meaning because it was something that came from Mike, something that came from a conversation that we had. And he's just an awesome writer. So with him writing the songs and us finding music. I, you know, I was with a label D one music and they were like into dance. They would just dance music all day long. So it, it kind of never stopped. Once we left D one, we, we hooked up with Tony Moran and it was just like a, a bigger and better feel. So yeah, Mike Greenlee, that's what happened. He took my vocal, my reference vocals and made me, made me 
something much bigger. All right, Mike, way to go. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> well, here's a, a song, for example, With You. Uh, it got up to number you. four on Billboard Club chart, which is fabulous. Congratulations. Yes. Uh, did he write that one as well? He sure did. Well, I'm looking here at <laughs> I'm looking here at the Dave Audie uh, remix. I want to play a little That's bit the one of it. I love. Yes, it's fierce. Now, Dave Audie is in That's Los Angeles. We've had him on as a guest. He, of course, is the uh, Grammy winner. Uh, I think two yes. years ago for best dance song. So he is the real deal. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Kimberly, let's go ahead and have a have our listening audience listen to your hit with you. Don't okay. go anywhere. We're just going to do a little sample. Here goes, folks, with you by Kimberly Davis. All right. There've been times when I have wondered if I'd ever find my way. Days with so much darkness, all that I could do was pray. But now with you beside me, here's the way I live each day. I can be whatever I want. I can do whatever I need to. You, with you, with Kimberly Davis. That is a fierce song, Kimberly. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> great mix. Uh, and again, that got up number four. Folks, if you want to hear the rest of that song, go to iTunes just like I did and download it and support your local divas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, well, Kimberly, I want to introduce to you, we have uh, two people that just walked in the control room. We have a San Francisco artist by the name of Jose. Say hello, Jose. Hello, guys. How are you today? Hello, Jose. How are you? Your last name is Figalo? Figueroa. Figueroa. And Steven? Hello. Hi, Steven. (laughs) And uh, guys, we're talking to Kimberly Davis over in New York City live right now. She has a uh, top, I believe, is your current song with Tony Moran top 20? Yes, it is top. It's it's at 20 right now. Number Mm -hmm. 20. This is the follow-up to My Fire, which went number one with... Tony and Nile Rogers. Yes. So getting back to you and your career, I was mm-hmm. reading your bio and you had mentioned that um, gigging with uh, Sheik, with Nile Rogers um, on tour was one of the bigger breaks you've uh, experienced. Yes, it's awesome. I've been there for nine years now and I just love Nile. He's like the best. He's, he's about the music. And he definitely recognizes my talent. And it was so easy to get him to play on the song because it was just like, he's just my dude. That's like my dude. And he loves me to death. So it was just awesome. And it wound up being a huge thing. So I love him for that. Him and Tony. Tony is the bomb all day, every day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Are you guys, is Chic touring this year? We really are. We, We actually leave for Australia. Australia to do a Lionel Richie tour. So Lionel Richie and Chic in Australia and we leave March thirtieth. So like the end of March. Wow. So that's coming up. And how long would that last? 
That's going to be about a month. Okay, and then you're back in the States. Then we're back in the States, but um, we do Coachella. So that we actually go from Australia to L.A. to do Coachella with uh, Beyonce and a couple of other people. And then we have um, the U.K. They are totally loving us in the U.K. Chic is really huge in the U.K. So we're going to be doing a lot of gigs over there um, in the summer months. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Uh, For the younger folks who might be having a little bit of trouble uh, remembering who she is, I think this uh, will sum it up. I just have to play five seconds of this song. Okay, that's chic. That's, like, that's five seconds, and that's, that's five and less. Name that tune. What I like about what Niall's doing these days is inter, um, integrating with uh, new music and um, collaborating with artists like Daft Punk and so on, stirring Baby it up, Gaga. getting in the mix. He, you know, this is real yes, true everyone. genius and talent, and um, you know, you move mountains with that kind of stuff. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's just, it's awesome to experience all of it as well. Like this is his 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 second go round, you know. Before it was Sheik, but now it's like Nile Rogers and Sheik out front. So he's getting his second win, and I'm glad to be there for the ride. Right, rest in peace, his producing partner. Uh, what was his name? Yes, Bernard. Yes. Yeah. Bernard Edwards. Bernard Edwards passed a, f- a few years back. Uh, that was a big deal. Yeah, almost fifteen now. Yeah, and they are the yeah. genius behind the brand Chic, folks, uh, from, At- from the 70s. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. nothing funkier than that bass line. <laughs> and freak out. It, it'll live on for the rest of time, those, those uh, licks. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah. here you are in the mix, really doing it. I mean, this is like your time to shine. Um, how are you handling it? handling it? Are you enjoying yourself? I am totally enjoying myself. I love, first of all, I've been singing since I could talk. So it's just a matter of give me to a mic and I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I love Tony. Tony's like my musical husband. We are so in tune when we get in that studio, you know, and it's never like a long drawn out thing. It's always um, fun. It's always more ideas just thrown out there. You know, he was the one that, you know, we had already did, um, you're good for me and it was sitting there and I was like you gotta do something with this song and you know we, re- we we were going to release it definitely next after my fire but Tony it was Tony's idea to come up with the whole slow part in the beginning because he has heard me do that before and that's what just you know was the icing on the cake so we're totally in sync in the studio yes and here it is rising through the 20s now in top 20 hit it for another yes. top 10. Hopefully it will go to number one. We're going to go out with that song, but let's quick quickly listen to My Fire, which was your number one with Tony and yes, Niall. Uh, when did that Yay. go number one? That went number one in June, probably. June 22nd? Yes, June yeah. of this past June. And one yeah. of the actually one of the biggest uh, dance hits of the year, I believe for the year total, it was in the top 30. Uh, and yes. Let's have a listen. My Fire, Kimberly Davis. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can feel the fire burning deep inside me. Universe is glowing. And I am where I'm meant to be. I'll pass it. 
Smoking hot, Kimberly. <laughs> Woo! Yes, indeed. I don't know what mix that was. I'm trying to find out here. It's not telling me, but it was amazing. That's the one. That's the one I do. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so that, folks listening to us, that's Kimberly's number one from June with Tony and Niall. Now, mm-hmm. she has one, number 20. We're going to go out with that, Kimberly. Uh, Niall's not on this one, but... Uh, Tony Moran is the producer, and he's released it on his label. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Tan Man. Tan Man. Um, Is there anything you want us to know about this song that you haven't told us yet? Um, This song, well, this song is just, you know, it's put out there just to let everyone know that if you're lonely, if you're feeling a little down, there is somebody out there for you. Don't worry. They're standing on the corner waiting for you. So just, you know, leave your doors open and, and you know, be open to it because it's out there. And I'm, I'm just glad to have a bunch of people around me that are good for me, you know, because these are the people that help you grow. Absolutely. Especially in times yeah. like we are living today, the more good you can have around you, the better for all of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was a good tweak. All right. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you said that. <laughs> Um, so, folks, uh, this song is, like I said before, number 20 on the rise of Billboard Club Chart. It is available at yes, all major bullet, distribution shops. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. have a listen. Um, it's it's uh, available on iTunes, uh, all major Spotify. distribution. Mm-hmm. Yes, so everything. Support Kimberly Davis, SoundCloud. Tony Moran, and download this hot number. Kimberly, it's been such a pleasure to have you on House of Pride for the first time. Will you come on back uh, in the future? Absolutely. I would gladly come back. Thank you, Tika. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Thank Let's you, have Sam a nice round of applause show. for the one and only Kimberly Davis. Yes, Sam Fran. I love it. I'll see you soon. <laughs> I'll let you know when I get there. All right, honey. Take care. We love you here. Bye-bye. Bye.
right, we were listening to Tony Moran's mix of Yo Good to Me, Kimberly Davis. That had a little vibe of gonna set you free, coming to my planet soul baseline. I love it, folks. Go and download your copy. There's, I think there's like 12 or so fabulous remixes out there available at all major distribution sites. All right, folks, Kimberly Davis, fabulous. We have some artists right here in the studio. Uh, and we are going to introduce, um, I don't know if both of you are artists, but I'm going to find out. I know one has a show at Strut right now. It ends Saturday. Some of you listening to us may have already gone and enjoyed the uh, artwork of Jose Figuera. <laughs> Help me out, Jose. Jose Figueroa, yes. Oh, welcome, Jose Figueroa. Thank you. Um, he has a show entitled uh, Jose L. LGBTQ drawings and more. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a com- collection of drawings that I've been making on site in very di- different uh, LGBTQ sites, um, places in the Castro Pride, uh, even Women's March, and and so there's a chronology of all of this different days and perceptions of the spaces. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. You saw the show. What can you say about it? I can say there's a lot of cool drawings on the wall all over. It's not your traditional um, curated show where paintings and drawings are spaced out. It's kind of a collage of work. Uh, And why did you choose to do it that way? Well, because these are field notes that are also trying to capture time and probably a, a chronology of my everyday life. But in a way like it I, I like to show it in all of its scope so then you can see like the subtleties and differences between these spaces mm-hmm. and sitting next to you is uh <laughs> stefan stefan or steven 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 what's your last name sokolowski and are you an artist as well steven uh, yeah, I would say I'm an artist. I don't. I haven't traditionally defined myself that way, but uh, it's. I'm gaining more and more of an art practice as a, in my time here in San Francisco. Uh huh. And in reference to Jose, you're his manager. Um, <laughs> unofficial manager. <laughs> and more. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, welcome, uh, Stephen. Thank you. Uh, um, so, how exciting! Uh, what kind of feedback have you gotten? You you had the um, art opening uh, about a month ago, wasn't it? Yes, it was uh, about three weeks ago. It was really great to see so many people, pretty much reading and very immersing to the drawings, trying to find themselves or recognizing parties that they were part of and probably were not depicted. But but it was really interesting to show this body of work in a place with where most of the um, audience is going to be related to the community. So then uh, it seems really powerful to me to get all of the feedback being uh, about how people felt represented and felt like they were part of these spaces. Mm-hmm. Nice. Now, I, I, I love your accent. Uh, where is that from? I'm originally from Venezuela. Oh, nice. Yes. How long have you lived in San Francisco? I lived in San Francisco for the last four years. Oh, just four years. Yes. Uh, before that, I lived in New York. And now I'm like... A- 
How oh. long did you live in New York? Four years. Four years. So four and four. Yes. And, and that New York was your first stop? Yes, it was my first, um, let's say, American experience. <laughs> Do you find it's uh, more conducive to create here as opposed to New York or two different entities altogether? Two, two different entities altogether, but... Um, I would say that, well, of course, it's not a new thing. It's a very different type of groups and people and weather. And so I would definitely say that the Bay Area is more uh, fertile for creative voices. Although I don't know if that's true anymore because they're both probably the most expensive cities in the United States. Oh, I know. It seems like in the really just the last two years or you know less it's a profound change in kind of scope of you know the, the cost of living here mm -hmm. has really put the pressure on well also like the fantasy i i moved here kind of having in the back of my head the the history and legacy of the coquettes and kind of like very much free weirdos doing things all over town mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's kind of true anymore mm -hmm. I think it, we've all been pinched to where we really have to work our butts off just to make ends meet and there's not as much free time maybe, maybe yes. to, you know, spread the feathers in the air. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's expensive to like, to spread feathers It's kind of a air. bummer. I'm experiencing that like, oh, <laughs> uh, God, you know, and then you, you see the consequences of folks who used to maybe be in SROs who are now living on the street mm -hmm. in tents and, you know. I don't know what's happening, but you know, I, where else? I mean, is there a better option? New York has is like its own machine. Mm -hmm. It definitely has its own like energy and vibe. Well, it depends on what type of opportunities you have access to. Yes. So, speaking of opportunities, what's next for you after this show comes down? Well, I have a show opening on Saturday for the alumni. Uh, isn't an alumni exhibition at UC Berkeley for the art practice department? Everyone can can go. Like there will be free wine five five to seven at the Kroger building at UC Berkeley. Then after that, I'm gonna be part of a group show called "Let Me Be a Witness" at Root Division in Mission Street. So that's opening March 10th. Also with a an opening party, free wine. You should all check it out. And Who's I'm supplying the wine? Do you have a sponsor? <laughs> I, I don't, but I, I just really think... You just bring a couple of jugs? And... I think people love to, <laughs> to read art while they're drinking wine for some reason. Of course. Reason. You should team up with one of these wineries in Soma. And oh, if Sonoma. someone is listening, please call me out. I will kindly support your brand. Yes. As long as I get like free wine every month. <laughs> he will build your brand recognition within the art <laughs> community. Um, where, well, speaking of that, where can folks go to follow you? Well, you can follow me on Instagram. My hash, my hashtag? No, that's not handle. how you call it. My yeah, handle. No. Thanks, Stephen. <laughs> J-J-F-I-Q-U-I. So... I feel like I should just change my name and my handle so then I can get more follow-ups. <laughs> and do you have a Facebook or webpage as well? Yes, I do have a website. It's myfullname.com and my Facebook is my full name. So I would, I'm going to say it all out once, but okay. I, you, you can also check the Facebook event for Mutiny Radio Show and you will, will have my proper name. Right, right. It's on House of Pride all but, over. But if you want to learn, you would say Jose Joaquin Figueroa. 
and that's my name on Facebook and on my dot com on on the web. So you can check out a larger scope of my work because it's not only a drawing practice, but there's also sculpture and immersive installations. And with that said, I'm just preparing for a, another solo project at, in in a place called Land and Sea, and that's going to be April 7th. So that I, I'm very excited about because I'm going to have an opportunity to show a m larger scope. It's going to be probably a more multimedia experience, and I'm expecting to have very nice surprises in the opening. Awesome. Well, don't go anywhere, folks. Uh, stay here because um, we want, I'm going to segue what you had mentioned about the cockettes you moved here originally. What we're going to be calling right now over to the poke tenderloin area to speak with uh, Katie Conmey, who is the curator at the new tenderloin museum. They're doing a live interactive play at a uh, diner on Polk Street um, called The Village Cafe, uh, starring Donna Bassana and um, Colette Legrand, two established, well-known drag queens who knew some of the cockettes. And um, their play is called The Compton Riots. Now, folks, some of you know that The Compton Diner was raided back in the day because there were drag queens used to hang out there all the time and transvestites. And at that time, it was illegal to be in public dressed in drag. Can you imagine? Because, <laughs> you know, I'd be shocked you're wearing dangling <laughs> chandeliers on your ears right now. You could have been subpoenaed. Right. So um, let's call over there because she's she's the play's going on tonight and she's given us five minutes to let us know all about it. We'll be right back. I'll play the song in tribute to that, and then after that we'll get more into. I want to ask you a couple questions, Jose. You keep saying you got something for me. Something you call love, but confess You've been a messin' where you shouldn't have been a messin' And now someone else is getting all your best These boots are made for walking And that's just what they'll do One of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you You keep lying when you ought to be truthin' And you keep losing when you ought to not bet You keep saying when you ought to be a changin' Now what's right is right, but you ain't been right yet These boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll do one of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you You keep playing where you shouldn't be playing And you keep thinking that you'll never get burned I just found me a brand new box of matches, yeah And what he knows you ain't had time to learn 
gonna walk all over you Are you ready, Boots? Start walking culmination of three years of work um, collaboration between the Tenderloin Museum, Mark Nasser, who's a playwright, Colette Legrand, who's also a playwright, and Donna Persona, and uh, AJ Mitchell is directing, and we have an incredible cast of 12, and people are going to be able to really experience Compton's Cafeteria Riot for themselves. It's going to be an incredible immersive experience. Literally, I, I walked past the Village Cafe today just nonchalantly, and I, I saw this amazing light, uh, professional lighting rigged up there on the ceiling. Um, so it sounds like it's going to yes. be interactive. <laughs> You'll be, will Donna Passana yeah, be serving milkshakes? Uh, you know what? I think milkshakes got scrapped, but will be a delicious uh, breakfast for dinner, which is included in the ticket price. So... The second you walk in, you're going to be in the world of the cafe, and uh, it's going to unfold around you. You folks, and it's a really yes. amazing experience. Folks should get their tickets. You'll be emerged in the experience. When did the um, Compton riots t uh, go down? What year was that? 1966. So three years before Stonewall. It's the first known recorded militant queer resistance to police harassment in U.S. history. And, and it happened in our very own Tenderloin at Turk and Taylor. And you're recreating the experience for uh, ticket holders uh, where you combine, they can sit down, have a, a great dinner at this establishment and also experience what it was like for the characters back then. Yeah, I mean, the, the setting is perfect. 
you know, we had to, we didn't have to change much. It's like a perfect diner and um, it really contributes a lot for sure. Where can, where can we get those tickets? Are there any left? Yeah. So opening weekend, the first two weeks are nearly sold out, but there's a handful of tickets left. And then the play runs for four weeks, Thursday through Friday, opening tomorrow and closing March 17th. So there's plenty of tickets for future dates. And where would one go to a website or can you just go as if you're going to dinner and get them at the door? Um, no, website is best. You can go to tenderloinmuseum.org and click just right at the top of the page. Fabulous, folks. You heard that right here. Go get your tickets. Support this fabulous production brought to you by this amazing venue, the Tenderloin Museum. Where are you guys located? 398 Eddy Street. So that's Eddy and Leavenworth. Everyone, so, yes, please yeah. visit the museum as well. We're the first cultural institution to have exhibits about the Compton's Cafeteria Riot. Yes, and um, thank you. I, you sound out of breath because I know you're busy because you're doing <laughs> like day before opening rehearsals tonight. Um, thank you so much for stepping out and giving us a little bit uh, of a, a breakdown of what's going on. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Um, hope mm -hmm. to see you at the play. Yes, I will try my best to get over there. I'm going to go and get some tickets, folks. You go get your tickets, too. We'll close it out with another classic from the 60s. Take care, Katie. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. What a great song, huh, guys? Lovely. <laughs> we still have live guests here, and <laughs> we still have Jose and Steven with us. How are you guys doing? Great, great. Uh, so, um, Jose, uh, the artist, Jose, um, did you study in Venezuela? I started engineering school in Venezuela, but then I wasn't happy, and then kind of changed my major to art, and... Then I moved to the United States to continue my education. And what did you continue once you moved here? Well, before I, in Venezuela, I was doing like a major in painting, but then I got into the Cooper Union School. Oh, the Cooper Union School. Yeah. So whatever, they, they, they are pretty much interdisciplinary. You can choose your a lot of different uh, options and an, an array of mediums. And I think that I... I used that opportunity to expand myself and actually took a lot of video classes and performance and sculpture and photography actually a lot. And so in that way, I believe like I know a lot of tricks, but I'm a master of none because I, I know the basics of a lot of different mediums, but probably never been monogamous. <laughs> to one medium. Yes. <laughs> I was getting worried for a second. Okay. <laughs> um, Steven, where did you guys meet? Um, I believe on the internet. On Scruff? 
<laughs> really? <laughs> really. I, I, that was just a wild guess, but and it kind of makes sense now because Jose has a big beard. <laughs> um, the poster child of Scruff. Yes, yes, you know, and they'll let you if you just say okay when they want to use your image. <laughs> you get a free subscription. <laughs> I don't pay a subscription. For <laughs> <laughs> That's funky. They want you to pay money to cruise around on there. Nobody in San Francisco has money to afford it. Not these days. <laughs> well, some do if you're in tech. That's yeah. a good business to be in. But for artists, well, isn't this what everyone is talking about, Jose? The squeezes on the creative folks who you know want to make art and it's not necessarily a paycheck tied to that every week right so what are we supposed to do now i know a lot of folks have moved to oakland but even oakland and the east bay um is getting expensive what's your take on this oh that's like the struggle how to quote unquote be a professional and know that you're probably not going to make the money out of the practice you're passionate about so a lot of weird gigs, whichever, whatever comes my way. Sometimes I get commissions, and those are better months. Mm -hmm. There's always opportunities floating around, and well, that's the thing. In the back a couple years ago, you could gig around maybe temp a couple days a week or whatever, and now it's almost like that's not even enough. It's like falling down behind. It, it's very tight, especially yeah. if you want to pursue a practice that requires buying nice materials right. or paint it can be cheap paint or expensive or, paint. i mean or you can also <laughs> the like struggle go to dumpsters <laughs> and find material you know like there are there are ways to make things happen but you have to be pretty much creative creative and have a different like set of standards you have to be mm. open to to the world to provide for you because it's it's just impossible to even going to like the low <laughs> like to michael's and and seeing material prices is it's crazy i mean a two of oil paint can be 30 dollars or more yeah you know at least 30 dollars for that good like what's that yellow paint called oh, something cadmium <laughs> <laughs> yeah depending on the pigment it can be yeah. more expensive or, or not but um, but that's where, like, probably being a multi multidisciplinary artist is an excuse to be able to work with materials that are free and available. Then how do you keep your mind in that space of, you know, inspiration if the struggle is so tight where you're, like, thinking about, oh, how the fuck am I going to come up with enough money to pay rent at the end of the month? It's like, are you in a perpetual state of stress or something? Yeah, I'm pretty much an anxious guy. I feel like... <laughs> The drawing, drawing it's, it's kind of like an exercise to keep myself chill. Uh, but but it's also like, you know, once I decided to change from engineering school into art, I never double-guessed myself. And so I, I I have like an incredible amount of faith. And that's where probably I'm here, you know? Like, I've, I'm okay. But it's, it's, it's not been... It's it's been a glamorous life sometimes because <laughs> being an artist also like gets you access into people with like this lifestyles mm -hmm. so in in a way like you know it's just it's just about trying to keep hope hopes up and, and just be pretty much self-assured and be like it's gonna happen mm -hmm. even if the bank account sometimes is getting into like i mean i work at a high school right now and so they have a week off and that already like kind of messes up my budgeting but hey faith it's a slow season january yeah. february <laughs> i'm going through that too as a dj slow season <laughs> um but i said oh you have a good sounds like you have a good day 
gig then? You working out of high school? Yeah, I'm a yeah. tutor for kids. It's really great because I get to be bilingual and I and I love to like experience that fluidity in the United States. I mean, we're in California, which was previously Mexico, and, and I like not to forget about it because it's tied to the culture I come from. And so is the language um, similar uh, Venezuela to Mexico? I mean, we have different accents, and, different accents. Yeah, but yeah. it's still Spanish. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's it's just really great to to feel like culturally, I also have a place in this country, and then, and I'm also in in the midst of like also examining what it what it means to to hone American values, especially during the political climate of this last couple of years. Mm. But I, I have to say that I'm I'm very happy and proud to have witnessed the Obama administration just because symbolically I think there was something very powerful uh, about a lot of the things that happened during those years mm -hmm. um, but yeah like faith I think it's <laughs> coming back to my mind now mm -hmm. and Steven yes so do you do you find you um, inspire your partner to go and uh, like a sort of like the Pollock Jackson Pollock his his wife uh, was a Lee uh, used to put him out into the studio in the backyard they had a separate <laughs> <laughs> building like send him out with a cup of coffee and he, he had to stay out there for like hour to the late afternoon or something like that oh yeah he's, he's real out in the room <laughs> in the studio and create the masterworks <laughs> I wish. The discipline. It's hard as an artist to be disciplined sometimes. I it mean, is, you is. know, it, it takes a certain, like, um, uh, you know, mindset to really block off time to say, this is the studio time, a routine. Well, and I think that that's where it probably will become trickier if you were to be producing art and making money through that, because then it's kind of like you had to go to work because someone needs to make that money. Right. Well, when you have it as like, well, this is my passion, it, it kind of like, even when it's unnatural, it, it, it's the, probably the thing that moves you is not necessarily money, <laughs> mm -hmm. because as we said, it's just probably not necessarily ever flowing in that way. That's right. At the show at Strut, I didn't see price tags or red dots or anything like that. Um, I don't even know if you were selling them, were you? No, I, 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 act, I actively wasn't. I'm probably passively selling them to people who can see the value mm -hmm. in it or in the value on investing in myself as an artist because I would do so much more if I had the time and resources. So in a way, I'm, I'm very protective of my drawings because I, I, I've tr I, I have faith in them. And, and I think that it's also weird to have people looking at the things you make thinking of price tax mm. and it's not necessarily how i want the work to be read in that capacity but if people were to be actually authentically interested and they had so much extra money like please contact me i'd be so happy well no, no and that's even not true <laughs> we I, all would be happy to be it, it would not contacted for yeah, it's, it's, i think it depends on on who who is gonna who's gonna take over and who's gonna take care of this because it's it's an it's an it's a mutual investment, I would say. Well, I mean, perhaps some people listening, or you know, one of these, you know, make connection. I mean, it's all about connections over time, and you're you're young still. Um, 
somebody may say to you, you know, commission you for something. They like the style or something. And that's a good relationship uh, with artist with a, a client who commissions you. I've done that a couple times as a painter. Um, and it's, it's a fair exchange because you get to be yourself and then you're just, you know. And I think that that's a different, like, like when you have a commission work, you're already... And shake hands about expectations. And yes, things. and you set the parameters exactly. for that. Exactly, it's very different from whenever someone wants to have access to something you produce for some other reasons, or like mm -hmm. it, it's just as again, as I say, I'm not opposed, but I'm not gonna advertise it in a, especially in a show in a health clinic. I feel like yeah, like the work needs it needs to be just read for the work it is, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like a living, breathing. <laughs> STD. <laughs> I mean, it's it's funny because a lot of those yeah, those drawings record some sort of like this this psychic <laughs> stigma of like STDs because a lot of the conversations around it have like around us. I I think young uh, gay or queer liberated beings is now revolving STDs. You know because they happen too. Oh yes, even in the sixties, we were talking Compton riots. Those, you know, it's it's a different engagement now. <laughs> At least there's better treatments for it yeah, now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and speaking of being um, openly gay and feeling free about it, is it easier here than it would be in in the ma a major city in Venezuela? It's it's completely different because in a way I'm also pretty much anonymous here in terms of like I don't have family, although I'm out in my in my household and I'm respected and celebrated but i won't lie it was a very dreadful <laughs> process and and i mean uh, i don't know like uh, there's a reason why i'm in san francisco and, and partly because it's it has this liberal legacy and mm -hmm. like it's all aligned with freedom projects i guess and but there's still homophobia here sometimes, you know, like it's, it's not there's, like... Well, it's definitely, there's definitely homophobia here, maybe not as much as other places. It, it's a different cult, cultural construct, mm -hmm. I would say, like, because, yeah. because like to be a homosexual in South America, you had to navigate different codes. Right. Because your history is filled with... Machista constructs, yes. And even homosexuals are, you know, probably prominent artists were homosexuals in Venezuela. It's just a yeah. different cultural navigation, would you say? Or I'll, And although I also had to say that, that whenever, like, I feel like I was more targeted as someone that was homosexual when I was studying engineering, but when I decided that I was going to follow my path as an artist, people all of a sudden stopped questioning or stopped, like, mocking, stopped, like... It, it was never about being a homosexual or not. Oh, really? How many was it in architectural studies? Was it mainly a, a man um, courses, or were there equal women? Like in your, how many years did you study engineering? Like engineering, it was two years and a half, and and I mean, yeah, it, it was more male driven, and also. I don't know, like less creative, I guess. So, okay. So more within boundaries of social constructs, less about questioning those boundaries or those, like, mm -hmm. you know, if you're going to study engineering, you, you had to be pretty much submissive to rules of 
math and calculus and you, uh, well absolutely Other, otherwise you're <laughs> otherwise things will happen <laughs> that aren't desired yeah well i guess that my that mind yeah my i mind mean is. god bless you i wish i was good with numbers and you must have a knack for it if you studied it for two years well i mean that that also allows me to be a tutor at a high school right i can mm-hmm. i'm I, teaching them geometry and things like that which it's extremely have, hilarious to have me. you always been good in math in grade school and high uh, school uh, yes i would i would say i was okay i wasn't i was like i mean there's a reason why i studied engineering for two years yeah but then it it, bec- it became too abstract for my taste and and again like you should not follow like I, I, I was doing it for the money. I was doing it like oh, like, on the back yeah, of my mind. like becoming like, a dentist or something. I, I, I can just make a living. I don't have to worry about my parents being or not being okay with my. Well, let's travel. let's touch on your 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 family tree. So, are there other artists in your family? Um, not directly. There's there's relationships with other families that have been or are artists, mm-hmm. which is nice. Like it, they were nice, like ambassadors to 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 like the schools I went and like the people I met because it was kind of like my family asking them like hey he wants to maybe do this like can you point him out at the right places because before I I I really didn't have it in my periphery it was an impossibility to consider art as a professional pathway and uh, it was and I and I think that that's true in most traditional senses in every country of the world like it's not that your family is like applauding you for wanting to be an artist or following it, it right because it's a, a hard it's a hard path to take uh it just doesn't make sense yeah it's hard to you know it's not like I, yes it just doesn't make sense <laughs> but that's what i like about it it doesn't make sense and it sounds like your family um gave you the green light it was supporting you well I, or it, am it i took wrong me a bit it took me a bit uh, i guess that once I started to get opportunities because of my merits mm-hmm. and they started to see like I had potential to go places, they they were very supportive. Did they want you to make artwork for them at Christmas? No, they're actually very annoyed <laughs> because as, as, as you kind of like mentioned before, like they have a room in, back home full of my art because I'm I'm not actively selling nothing. And oh. so they're like, when are you like, this is... <laughs> where is this going what what is your family business over there what do they all do well the situation back home is completely extremely complicated oh. uh, but thankfully there are doctors oh you have they're doctors both, in your yeah, family they're healers and, yeah. and i like to think about that and and i think that it's it's true that that gives me some sort of uh opportunity to to follow my artist self in, mm-hmm. in 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 terms of like i mean for them obviously they would have preferred me to be a doctor or an engineer yeah or all of that are you, are you saying your mom and dad are both doctors yeah they're they're eye doctor and pediatrician oh okay and uh, how big is your family do you have a lot of siblings i have one sister just one sister is she a doctor as well she's a dentist a dentist and i was just making fun of dentists i'm so sorry <laughs> but I, I wasn't making fun of dentists everyone needs one but it's like something you would go to school because you know there's like a job after you if you do good yeah no know. exactly yeah and, and and i mean that's like the funny thing right like uh, <laughs> having to go against like the security that having access to certain careers would and following your dreams i mean you really are taking a risk especially if you're coming from that mold so here you are embracing who you are as an openly gay male and 
moving to New York and San Francisco and being an artist, it's it's standing out there on the ledge. I mean, there are risks. I, I commend you for for doing it because you. you're following your your passion. And I mean, and I would uh, recommend people to do so because so far so good. You know, like if you if you have the capacities. Uh, Is somebody in the green room? I hear noises. Somebody could be picking through the garbage. We're in the mission. <laughs> we'll just ignore the bangs until it gets really loud, like a shotgun, then we duck. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting no really um th- i mean just following your linear line of what you've where you've come from and what you've accomplished it's it's, it's interesting to to then look look back and also like from a perspective of an immigrant that is also in the pathway of becoming uh someone that it's like i, I say my future here somehow you know like uh so I don't know that that clearly has posted some of complications in my head and more anxiety if we were talking about it. Life's like that. I say yeah. just look, <laughs> keep looking forward and Yeah, no no no, but, but again, sorry <laughs> like just not to go into that line yeah. of thought. It's been pretty amazing so far. Your energy is amazing. You have fabulous teeth. Have did you get free work <laughs> from your sister? It's the dentist house, you know, like Yeah. Sit down. You whenever you go <laughs> for a visit, it's like a clinging right there. I complain whenever I go back home, it's like You get a physical and a clinging. Yeah. <laughs> you should take Steven with you next time. Yeah, I know. You have nice teeth too oh, steven you very much. have you been there already i have not <laughs> okay <laughs> well they'll be impressed there's a million dollar smile <laughs> um so let's reiterate uh your upcoming shows well it seems like you're busy as an artist so this is so exciting folks they're wrapping up uh jose's wrapping up uh this saturday is the last day at strut so you have three days to go and see the show during i guess business hours yes during business hours and also go there and get tested at the same time Isn't this you have like, to make an appointment yeah, yeah. Well, well. <laughs> the next one's in march i tried this <laughs> <laughs> that's real that's real well sluts in san francisco I cannot lie <laughs> organized sluts in san francisco i used to go to the city clinic have you been to the city clinic no not yet i and, love strut though i had to say and now there's strut this like it's like the the private country club of uh-huh. std testing <laughs> where city clinic is sort of just like you know the, the deli DMV. you go in there <laughs> and have a seat um you know but yes folks strut is the hot ticket in town <laughs> it really is <laughs> if you have an itch and an un- <laughs> i'm not going to pr them <laughs> they have juanita more for that <laughs> um but yes yeah, so that's your current show then you have what coming up okay coming up there's uh, at uc berkeley our practice alumni show called generation and that's opening this saturday from 5 to 10 free wine free wine yes as I already said. jello shots no just wine <laughs> <laughs> that's for my solo show my and then I'm going to be part of another show at Root Division in, in the city, uh, and that's opening March 10th, and it's 5 to 7, I would say. Uh, and and that show is created by Stacy Goodman, a, mm. a good fellow artist from the Bay as well. And it's called Let Me Be a Witness. And then in on April, I'm mostly excited about the opportunity to have a solo project at a place called Land and Sea, run by Chris Duncan, another amazing Bay Area artist. And is that here in the city? It's in Oakland. In Oakland. In yeah. Oakland, it's it's a very much interesting and experimental space that works with all, like sound art 
and and I mean in that way like I am being pushed to to solve what would I do with an opportunity and a space of that and right because support. you don't exclusively work in drawings with ink and pencil you do sculptural yeah I know and I, and I do installation mm -hmm. and and I have video like I, I've been I've been working for this <laughs> multimedia quite a long time so it's 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 an you had to as an artist you had to constantly adapt to whatever opportunities come your way like I'm very I'm very easy and versatile in that way uh, <laughs> but, but but in this in, in that way in this point in this point uh, it's just having the freedom to actually have as little restrictions as possible there's no other people mm -hmm. in that space by you and so and so it's quite a challenge I had two months to figure it out I've been I've been working towards thinking about it how exciting yeah so i deeply would love for you people listening to try check it out it's probably a success or a great failure but but it's it's <laughs> but gonna it's yours either way it's mine either way and there will be free wine yes, <laughs> yes. do you have a favorite wine uh the wrong it depends like french wine i've been are you bringing French wine? No, I'm pretty cheap. Like, uh, <laughs> you bring uh, it, not like a Safeway wine. special to <laughs> <laughs> three well, check. A box, a uh, box of wine. It's like about a box. Whenever I think about <laughs> a, an, a, an art show lately, it's, it's always in terms of wine because <laughs> like the opening parties are usually that, and I and I. I don't know. It's it the same within my experience that I get more people to show up if I advertise that for some reason. <laughs> not not because yes. alcoholism is a cool, trendy thing at all, but I think people in this town love to have opportunities to go to cultural events and also to get some freebies sometimes, especially because of what we were talking about, Limited things being so expensive. Yes. Know? Well, I mean, everyone should have a glass of wine or champagne at a art opening. I think that's pretty standard. Don't you, Stephen? Of course. And perhaps an hors d'oeuvre, <laughs> maybe <laughs> some cucumber sandwiches. I don't know. Something. <laughs> a tray of crackers. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is the story of the start artist that has a <laughs> radio show when he's talking about free wine. We um, used to have free wine here oh. in, in the green room. The funding. And then it got so expensive. Because <laughs> this show, we don't, I'm not, pro this is an, a for-profit show. Yeah. Uh, but um, yes, wine and art always mix well. Would you agree? I, I agree. You should apply for some wine grants for the show. One of uh, there is very possible to team up with. There's so many wineries in exactly. in the north here. Just to, it's just you know you bring them brand recognition. You could do this, Jose, and then they give you you know a case of wine to promote. There you go. Yeah, at your art. It's just all about the networking and sending emails. And, it's and that whole thing, yeah. yeah. Like, hello. We'll have your assistant help you. <laughs> yeah. I, I need, I, I'm looking for managers. Like, Volunteers. Yeah. It's all free unpaid internships. <laughs> free internships. Free internships. You yeah. don't have to pay. It's free. Well, absolutely. There's probably you know there's probably up and coming younger folks who are who would be interested in stuff like that um well i'll tell you what here at house pride we're so happy to have you here thank you for having taken the time to to uh come on um well let's start a relationship it'd be great to have you back um you know maybe closer to the summer or whenever you like really thank you very much That'd um be great i love to talk in a microphone i love microphones <laughs>
Awesome. Uh, well, folks, uh, once again, um, go check out the show at Strut before Saturday, Saturday's last day, and then keep up with Jose on his website, Twitter account, and Facebook page. Thank you for joining us. I will dedicate this song. We can take a musical break. We'll be back with more House of Pride Radio. Folks, don't go anywhere. Right, House of Pride Radio. That was <laughs> dedicating faith to Jose since he brought it up. And they're still with us, guys. <laughs> we thought we could do a shout out to Kit Tapata. She, she was supposed to come, and but she does, of course, she does the show. She's always tight. She does a show. Um, I think it starts at eight at a Wild Side West, just up the road on Bernal Heights, uh, which is a great. 
it's not exclusively a lesbian bar but it's known as a lesbian bar okay but it's really a neighborhood bar and there's no other bar like it, it has its own style and vibe everyone should go to Wildside west on Cortland avenue we love uh kit tapata she does a show there called trivial night with kit tapata i don't know what the theme is but when she does come on she gives us a question we have to guess it so unfortunately <laughs> she is not here so what we're going to do now guys if you want to hang we're going to go to new york city uh, and talk to poon draker poon draker gives us a short podcast every week from new york city uh, where she takes a song and does a poem about it okay are you guys with me still and then i play the song that she does so today she has chosen candy girl does that ring a bell to you steven you're too young that song came out i think before you were born candy girl by new edition i think anyways let's have poon from new york city tell us all about it good evening and welcome to groove lines i'm poon this is house of pride radio and we're gonna do it to you in your eardrums in 88 words or less So this one's for you if you've ever eaten too much candy. You know that rush of sugar that drops you down and leaves you unable to form a complete sentence? This is sort of about that. It's called Candyland. 1 a.m. at the Sag Harbor 7-Eleven. They closed for the night all wild and riot and left the lights on, the doors open. My friends grab at bags of Doritos, Twizzlers, pinky ice Pop-Tarts, and gum that farts strawberries so gently into your mouth. I hear Mike laughing, watching a cherry Slurpee blurp blurp into icy sweet being, and see Klondike bars reflected in Petra's glasses. Scared, I waste the opportunity on one ineffectual box of Red Hots. It hurts my mouth to eat them. Thanks, Poon.
so sweet. She makes my heart and just give to face. My girl's the best, and that's no lie. She tells me that I'm her only guy. That might be true, but my girl the good. She don't play around, she's like to the point. My girl's like candy, a candy tree. She loves me high up on my feet. Candy Girl, that was Poon's Choice, new edition. Uh, of, intentionally, of course, they wanted to um, pay homage to the Jackson 5. Uh, so, folks, that's wrapped here at House of Pride Radio. I want to thank our, our guest from New York City, Poon Draker, and the dance diva herself, Kim Lee Davis, uh, with her current Top 20 Smash with Tony Moran. Um, and we want to thank the curator of Tenderline Museum, Katie Conry, uh, doing her play over at the Village Cafe at 1426 Polk Street. Starting tomorrow, folks, go get your tickets. Check it out. It's an interactive experience with some legendary drag queens. They're going to uh, serve you some hot tea and biscuits. All right. <laughs> and Stephen, live in the studio, Stephen and Jose, uh, I'm not going to pronounce it, so I'm not even going to say it. I'm going to say JJF, the artist himself. <laughs> Hope you guys had a good time hanging with us today here. Was it was really fun. <laughs> Come on. But I love that you're, you're sketching right now. As This is fabulous. He's making art in our studio. Yeah. <laughs> And Kit Tapata, we you may be on your way, but honey, it's too late. We <laughs> go. Uh, we'll catch up with you at Wild Side West, uh, folks. Thank you for joining us, House of Pride Radio. We started the, the show with fame, and we're going to end it with another flash dance classic. Do you guys have a favorite song? Not flash dance. Do you guys have a favorite song from the, you know, classic movie Fame? Is that, have you even seen that movie? You can. Seen it. I'm trying to think of what else is on the soundtrack other than Fame. Well, <laughs> it's all that's coming to mind. Uh, I think there's a couple hits. One was a slow song. I can't remember what that one was. Maniac. That was a. Oh, she's a okay. maniac. Yeah, maniac. You know that one? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the one with. Yeah. With the water. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a more um, elusive song, but nevertheless, I think it's been sampled some uh, recent club music, but um, this one's called He's a Dream. Folks, join us next Wednesday. House Pride Radio live from San Francisco.
sexy smart He's the type that always looks the part He's so on the make, it's so hard to take oh, honey, might never let him touch my Ladies and gentlemen, 
unbeknownst to me, as I was just about to wrap up the show, in walks Kit. Is it Kit to Potter tonight? It's Kitty. Oh, it's Kitty. Where's Kit? Uh, he's in my nutsack, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, come on in and have a seat. Uh, Kitty, I don't know if you know Stephen and Jose, the artist Jose. Hi. <laughs> well, you look fabulous already for your Wild Side West gig. There is your mic. Tell us all about it. Which one? This one right here? Yes. Is it hot? It's hot. Hot Ooh, potato. So hot hey, everybody. How y'all doing out there? Can I touch it? Do you mind? Bring it close I to your mouth, better, girl. Yeah, I work better when I, I put that, it in my hand. I know phallic objects may uh, may appall you, but... No, God, no. What's <laughs> over? I have no problem with the penis, honey. It's the life support system behind it. I do not need that. Batteries will do. Okay. Yeah. I love my boys. I just don't need them up in there. Anyhow. Have you ever had point. one up in there? Honey, I'm bisexual. All right, girl. I've been there, done that, rode it, put it away wet. <laughs> Not my first time at the rodeo. Uh-huh. Anyhow, speaking of rodeo, turns out the Wild Side West is not a country and western bar. It is San Francisco's oldest lesbian and gay owned and operated bar. It's been around since 1962 in its present location since 1972, which is, well... The top of Bernal Heights, basically. Cortland Avenue. Yeah. What is the Avenue. What is the? I couldn't remember the address. It's um. Seventy four. It's no. four twenty four. Four twenty four. So easy to remember. It's right next oh. door to those potheads. Yeah. It's only four twenty four. And some of them may be found in the in the magical garden. I don't know what you're talking about. We would never do that. <laughs> That's completely against the rules, and we are not like that. We're very law. It's legal citizens. now in California. It's not legal to smoke it at a bar. Oh, it isn't, girl. It's I'm not not it is only legal. To, so I hear. It is only legal to smoke it in your own house. You can't be doing it while you're driving around. You can't do it here on Mutiny Radio? Um, actually, well, it says alcohol-free, but it did not say weed, now that you mention it. Hold on. Hold, open that bag. <laughs> oh, my God. Nothing worse than like when I accidentally whip out. I'm like taking change out of my purse this morning because eight days tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> and I, I know. Do you need a quarter? Here. Desk. Here. Here's a magic quarter. All right. Call somebody who cares. Is that what? <laughs> so, what is tonight's theme? Tonight's theme is funny ladies. Yes, women who make oh. us laugh on purpose, not just the ones you point and jeer at because that's it, Are you in, Are you in, in the questions I write. Well, I always let um, the, my theme dictate my outfit or at least inspire it in some way. And so, um, yeah, when the theme is tonight, if somebody asks me, what funny lady are you? I'm like, the fuck? You I'm look. Right you know who you look like? The psychic on uh, Long Island. It's, yeah. like the, it's just the hair. I'm pretty sure it's what, just the hair. What's her name? Patricia? No. No, uh, the Long Island medium. I know. I'm a Long Island like triple X, extra large. So I'm yeah. not a Long Island medium. Well, I see girl. the pad is sticking out right now. <laughs> yes, that's a pad. Sure, we'll run with that. I'm falling to pieces. But yeah, it's funny, ladies tonight. You know, stand up comics, sit down comics. You, you could also actresses. be that lady that gives advice with financial advice on on cable. Suze Orman. Yes. Susan Norman. that I am white trash with cash so my financial advice is give me some I know. <laughs> that would be really swell like I said payday is tomorrow well look at that look at that you're right that dress is, I love it how, how did you describe your look tonight um, well this is 100% kitty I mean it's you know feline slutty like a cat and mm -hmm. it, it one size fits all with this dress <laughs> it's great the uh, fabric was bought for me in LA by Winnie Bago who now lives in uh, Las Vegas and is one of the gay rodeo drag queens. Fabulous. And then Cockatilia, who oh, is yes. my um, grand, uh, no, what does she call? She's my godfather, mother, something or other. 
something like that. I think. That's Where is she these days? In the city still? She's still in the city. Right. She's around. She's okay. around. Yeah. Hey, cock. Hi. Well, it's Coronation Weekend, so she may pop up. These things happen, you know. Yeah. I just came from the in-town show where they were presenting checks, and they gave one to the company I work for, the Pomeroy Center, out there in between the zoo and Lake Merced. They gave us $1,000, a grand. Goes a long way when you're talking about what we do. For the uh, emperor? Empress and emperor? Um, it was actually the ICPs, the Imperial Crown Prince and Princess. Oh, right. Year. You have a title. I have I have a million. I'm kind of a title whore. What title whore title do you have right now? My highest title, so to speak, <laughs> uh, the highest one up in the imperial court that I earned, if you want to do that, is I was Mr. Gay San Francisco, 2012, one and only biofem. Oh, don't don't hit your uterus, girl. That's wrong. Uh, the one and only biofem to do it in the 45 years of the history so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they called me. I'm I'm a prince. I'm not an imperial crown prince. It's complicated. It gets confusing. But you know, I had to buy my own crown and shit. Oh, it's so, what? Say what? I have never gotten a crown from any of the titles I've had, and I've been like. I've been ladies, I've been boys, I've had all these different ones. No, not one that I could keep. Listen, I've, you know, let me just tell you. When I won the Star Search pageant in 2003 from Tranny, Tranny Shack, Shack yeah. all I won was $100 and some porn. I had no crown. Now they have a nice crown. But seriously, porn lasts longer than a crown, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I think it was, was it cassettes still back there? I don't know. I'm not cassettes. Uh, <laughs> VHS, right? <laughs> and then I won a trailer trash pageant at Art De- at Deco, and for a crown I had bear cans made out of crown. You know, it just there's no respect. <laughs> no, there is because you know, I mean, the crown does not make the title. It's not about that. When I'll tell Mercedes it, that. No, oh girl, no. You know, there is a rule that you're not supposed to be wearing a crown that's taller than the reigning empress. But Miss uh, Miss Gay who is Miss Gay Ruby Red Monroe she's already taller than Mercedes and then she got this insane crown that's like Miss Panache or whatever and she wears it and she's like seven eight feet tall or something Mm. you can't help but out distance you know some people sometimes I don't I just look up noses you can see a shining a mile away me on foggy nights no Miss Peru I mean, Paju. 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 Oh, Paju Monroe. Yeah, she is one of the Monroe families. She's actually. That's an ever-growing family. Let's get back to funny ladies. Can you? Oh yeah, yes. We love when you come on House Pride Radio because you give us a little zinger. See if we can. And we have three folks here today, and we can uh, answer this question. I can remember. (laughs) And folks, if you're headed over to Wild Side West, this could be your your leg in for a free drink. Right. Right. Okay, uh, Phyllis Diller's affectionate name for her husband. I know that's the Wayback Machine, Phyllis Diller. She don't even know who it is. You're so <laughs> cute and young. That's supple. You no. Stephen Jose. No. Do you know? If you know who Phyllis Diller is. Ah. Phyllis ah, Diller. Ah. Yeah, she died a couple a year ago. We all did. A couple yeah, years. Right. I think she was in her 90s. Phyllis Diller, one of the legendary comedians. Uh, she had a nickname for her husband. For her husband, she was always talking about. Uh, Dumbo. <laughs> no, it's a four-letter word. Oh, fuckface. No, no, that's eight. <laughs> I have no idea. This is a good one. Where did you learn this? Oh. This was is, it in her? This is, no, this is what I remember. From her, her book? I'm actually old like enough. Like a whore and a, a lampshade or something? Did you? <laughs> I'm old and I actually almost wore a wig and kind of tried to pull off a Phyllis tonight, but I was just like, oh, I can't commit. Ah, and it's uh, too much. She always called him Fang. She'd always be referencing Fang. 
And you know, she was so tragic and fabulous. She was another great female comic that, you know, it's like they don't, we don't like boys who go like this when they ice skate, and we don't like women who are funny and brash and bold. Can you, In America, we're uncomfortable with it. So, Can you do a good imitation of her laugh? She had a laugh. I was doing it. That was always like kind of a, it was like a, yeah. like a crow, right? It yeah. kind of sounds like a, caw, yeah, yeah. caw. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I feed the crows. Shh, don't tell anybody. All right, so Fang is the answer, folks. Fang. Yeah, so now you have one in, anyone going yeah, over. I say Fang. Fang. Yeah, you're like, no, Fang. Fang. Yeah, she was great. I love her. So, yes, Wild Side West, 424 Cortland. We're there on Wednesday nights. We start around 8 o'clock because, you know, drag standard time and a drink. Lesbian standard time. Is it different from drag standard am time? Am I in drag or am I in lesbian? You could be either or. Really, you know a lot of lesbians. The, the jacket like says it. lesbian to me. Too really? Well, I got it at Macy's. Girl on sale, so cute. I love it. It's my pop. It's my bright pop of color. That's the gay man in me, girl. You're um, like a femme lesbian, I suppose. Tonight. Sure, sure. As I said, though, I'm there, actually bisexual. You really yeah, need yeah. to stop focusing on the fact that I lick pussy. So you know, in the gay world, we have tops and bottoms. If you're going to stereotype, do they have tops and bottoms in the lesbian world? They have all kinds of things in the lesbian world. Um, I'm actually, again, not the best lesbian, and many of my lesbian friends will tell you they're like, "Girl, you're not a very good lesbian." At all. <laughs> they're like, "You hang out with the gay boys because they don't have drama." <laughs> Who wants to laugh at you? Okay. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, we we don't have like you know wiener and donut drama, but other than that, we have drama." Okay. I didn't talk to Sister Pentecostal for a year over bacon. Bacon. That's some serious shit. That he had to is. get a dog to replace me in his life. Yeah. A great day. Because it's funny, like in, in in my world, I would think like, oh, the lesbians are cool because, not the stereotype, but in general, because they they have it together. Like they have, you know, they're <laughs> they cool with each other. They, <laughs> they Oh my God! Girl. Oh, that's so oh. real. I'm so relieved to hear that we're all the same. We're all like the same peas oh, in the pod. And it's so it's like you know. I mean, think about how moony girls get over a boy, kind of thing. Now square that, you know, and then throw in two uteruses and the moon and math and other women and stress of life and the reality of being usually a poorer woman in that situation kind of thing because you ain't living off no rich man at that point in time. You got to make it on your own, girl. And there's like those power dykes out there. There's everything. Oh, there's everything. It's yeah. a mix. I mean, there's, do you know yeah. what a stone butch is? No. Do you guys know what a stone bush is? No, I don't. Butch. Yeah, so I, I said speaking bush. of funny ladies. I said stone bush. <laughs> Same thing. Um, in general, that is a woman who she will, you know, pleasure you and treat you and all this stuff, but she does not physically want to be touched or pleasured. Oh. You that know, could be convenient reason. in some ways if you think about it. Like, I guess so, you know. <laughs> I guess. Oh, you mean for the, well, the person on the other end? You know, you don't have to get involved intimately and get it, you know, attached that way. And, Aww. Yeah. But that, you know, what fun is that? I'm into it for love. You know, I've been married for 23 years. You're married to a woman. I, yes, apparently she identifies as a woman, but also as a bisexual. Though we have never brought a boy home, which I know is your next question. Um, we've often talked Act, about it, and we have more Actually, it wasn't. Actually, it wasn't on my mind that... Are you thinking about it? <laughs> Sometimes we see some cute boys. That's like the one thing. There's been a few times that we've both gone, oh, there's a cute girl. Hotness. You know who you are. You're out there. <laughs> she knew exactly that both of us were like, <laughs> you know, that's so, I feel 12. That's so cool. So, she was the handsomest, prettiest lady. How long did you say you guys have been uh, together? 23 years. 20, that's a long, where did you meet? Um, we met through a mutual friend who decided that we should meet. And the very first night we met, um, 
she was wearing a dress and my ex-girlfriend along with the woman that I cheated on her with showed up to the party so it was a little complicated and nothing was happening right away so you're promiscuous is what you're saying oh in between I'm totally a slut and that's usually when I'll bang a boy too because they're so much easier women get attached and the boys are just like you know orangutans and then they go apart right it's a beautiful world that primate behavior but chicks Mm. are all like I like you can I move in and I just can't because I have rent control and I don't want to blow that no I've been in the same place uh, 27 years, longer than my relationship. Uh, well, shout out to your, your wife or husband. My wife, Lori House, Lori. a.k.a. Candy. Hey, Lori. The long-suffering. She puts up with so much. She's like, we go out and everybody only sees, oh, tapata, tapata, tapata. And I said, how do you think Karen feels? Nobody ever sees me. If I go out as myself without hair and makeup and all this, the same boy... Or if I was at his kit, kit about being kit to potty. Kit's on masculine side. Right, my boy's side. Uh, if I'm out as him, boys will actually be flirting with me and shit. The next night at the bar, they won't even give me cocktail service because I'm just another dyke at the bar mm. who probably they think won't tip and they don't understand that I actually tip more than most of the boys I know. Because I'm so grateful for fucking service and a drink. Give me two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when I'm going to see it again. Was this ever your normal look back in the day? Um, it's actually not too far off from a picture I have from the 80s. Your hair is huge. Yeah, I mean, I, you know I can. I have like a pompadour naturally, and I can tease that. So it, it was a toss-up between throwing this on and just doing my own hair tonight. But with the imperial corn, if I don't have lashes, nails, and hair, Alexis Miranda a, will ride my You get a letter. Space up there anymore. And I've got a hernia, so I'm not riding that on my back anymore. But yeah, so I mean, you know, I might drag waxes and wanes. Um, I actually had a little uh, movie made about me recently. Oh, really? um, Some students. You can tell me to shut up whenever. I still need to get to... What time do you have to leave, girl? I don't know. Let me check my... You you uh, have to say three more minutes because we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, It was (laughs) my friend Heather Dammit, who actually is my bartender at Wild Side West. Her and some friends wanted to make a movie about a drag queen who does a lot of fundraising in the community. And I'm easy and accessible. So they did it and told this great little story. And it's like, this will sound terrible, but I can die now. I had a movie made about me. My, my epitaph been written. I can go. <laughs> Anytime. They'll play that at, at the, uh, what is that thing when you die and they have the reception thing? What's that the called? The wake. The wake. We'll, we'll play it at the wake. We'll make it, it's going to be like a disco. <laughs> a disco. I want my ashes. like In the mirror ball. You know, some of them <laughs> turned into a giant joint. Everybody passes around. Ew, gross. I have a vision. <laughs> you know, smoke of my body. <laughs> you always said I had a smoking body? Prove it. <laughs> but don't. If people, I'll be here all night. What would happen if people smoked you? They might like, you know, things might happen. Like, um, Do you know what people taste like? N- not yet. Do you? No, oh, yeah. We taste like pork. How do you know that? Um, were you a part of the Donner survival? Thing? <laughs> I was not part of the Donner survival, but the people who have um, consumed human flesh as part of their uh, culture in the past, like the even some of the Hawaiians practice some of that stuff, mm-hmm. or the island people. Um Tastes we like taste pork. like pork. Like bacon? They call us long pig. Yeah. long pigs. Long pigs. I'm more of a short pig, but long pig. So when you say, you know, what what, what would happen if people smoke me? I'm like, bacon. Bacon. <laughs> bacon. Bacon. Yeah. Bacon. Is that why you got in the fight with the sister over the bacon? Because you were trying to eat her? <laughs> no. <laughs> trying to skin her? <laughs> such a long story. All right. Well, no, that's the next visit. It had to do with pounds and pounds of bacon and... <laughs> Pounds and pounds of baggage, but it's gone now, and I love me some penny, so it's all golden. Well, let's reiterate, folks, head on over to Wild Side West tonight is Kit 
Tapata's Trivia Nights called? Kitty Tapata's Wild Side West Trivia Nights. We really don't have a good name for it. I've tried over the years. Smarty <laughs> Pants was my old one, but that bar closed. I wanted to call it Smart Ass, but that yeah. makes it hard to advertise. That's right. And tonight's theme is Funny Ladies. Funny Ladies, girl. Some jokes about uh, Joan Rivers, probably. Mm-hmm. Why? Was she funny? Looks aren't everything. That's what my mama told me. My mama said, cream rises to the top. <laughs> Wow. So my mom said shit floats. That, see, do you see like the different kind of rub green we got here? That is so funny. Wait, was that back on the farm? Where, uh, where? And it was back in the trailer park. Yeah, yeah. Shady Oaks there in San Antonio. Yep. Lovely. Still exists. All right. I can look at it every now and then on Google Earth and go. <laughs> but it reminds you that it was real. You yeah. Know? Is your like, trailer still there? Or is it? Oh, no, no. She's who took that? Like, I think. Maybe it went to one of my uncles or something like that. He probably like put it on a piece Maybe of burned down or something. Yeah. Turned it into a meth trailer. I don't know. It's Texas. <laughs> <laughs> They're very industrious people. I'll just give them that, y'all. Yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm all wound up, obviously. I'm going to go. Thank you very much. Well, your show starts in about 20 minutes. So you're going to, you got the, uh, you got the, sh- 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 what do you call it out Shuffle there? Off to Shuffle up out down there. I got to go out there to those three vatos who want a little more tapato when I walk by. They're all, lady, hola. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's I totally want to get tapata limousine is waiting out there. What is that? Oh, it's a truck, of yeah, course. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a truck. it's an SUV. <laughs> Why? You got a problem with that? Does that seem lesbian to you? We well, do not have a dog. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming by and your tight schedule, honey. That's the only thing that is tight. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dedicate this song uh, by Anneli Furtado for, to you. Oh, I'm throwing you off. Promiscuous. Nope. <laughs> How you doing, young lady? The really drives me crazy. All right, let's have a nice round of applause for Kitty Papata. You're looking for a girl that'll treat you right. You're looking for in the daytime with the light. You might be the type if I play my cards right. I'll find out by the end of the night. You expect me to just let you hit it, but will you still respect me if you get it? All I can do is try, give me one chance. What's the problem? I don't seem to ring on your hand. I'll be the first to admit it. I'm curious about you. You seem so innocent. You want to get in my world, get lost in it. Boy, I'm tired of running. Let's walk for a minute.
number is I want you multiplied a hundred times. And I want to warn you, don't ask yourself how you're going to do it. How is none of your business? I just want you to listen to me. You have something special. You have greatness within you. You have the ability to do more than anything you can ever begin to imagine. You have million dollar ideas, billion dollar ideas in you. There are people waiting to hear your voice. You have a vision of yourself doing more, achieving more, taking care of your family, making your mark, leaving a legacy. You were born to be successful. Is it easy? Of course it's not easy. It's challenging. It requires patience. It requires persistence. It requires a willingness to do whatever is required to create a new life for yourself. Don't be afraid to close your eyes and dream, but then open your eyes and see. For a lot of people, the distance between their dreams and their reality is intimidating and they get stuck. They get paralyzed just like I was in that marathon. And the only way forward is to be real about what it's going to take for you to achieve those dreams. You have to be honest with yourself. You have to tell yourself the truth. You have to tell yourself the truth of what it's going to take for you to be successful. You cannot achieve success without failure. That's we are National University, a veteran-founded, military-friendly, San Diego-based nonprofit. Since our founding in 1971, our flexible four- That's why you are here. There's a voice in you that has said, I can do this. There's something in you, in your heart of hearts that said, I'm not going to let anybody pull my strings. It said, I'm going to control my own personal economy. It said, I've got a dream I want to achieve. I want my children to have a choice of the kind of education that they want. That said, I am the captain of my ship. That said, I'm going to control my destiny. And whatever it takes, I'm willing to do the work. There was something in you that said... I've got to make this happen. There's something in you that said there's a bigger life waiting for me calling my name. There's something in you that says I'm on my way to a greater life. I want you to remember three things. Number one, I want you to never be afraid to make a decision. Be decisive. Don't be afraid to fail. Be fearless. Number two, I want you to remember the power of you. You gotta feel that power. You gotta believe in that power. You have that power, trust me. And last but not least, number three, can't stop, won't stop.
the most important element is for you to be able to do this, to be able to establish, most importantly, where you really are in your life today. Where are you? And where do you really want to go? What's going to create this extraordinary life? And to look at it brand new. Because some of you right now, if you continue the direction you're going, are going to be successful and unfulfilled, unhappy and stressed. If I can change, then you can change. There are two reasons of why people are not successful. There are two All right. Thank you so much for listening to that and being with us on that wonderful, wonderful journey. Uh, ultimately, I'm trying to see if... Can you hear me out there? Okay. This shit is tripping out. I'm still new at this, y'all, so that's why it's called Woe Wednesday, too, because at times you guys are going to get woed. So I would like you guys to enjoy the motivation journey uh, along with every journey that we all incur together because life is a fucking roller coaster and nobody really has bipolar. It's more like undiagnosed bipolar or the system put way too much on it because people deserve to have their emotions along with emotions. Basically there's growth. Uh, is everything good out there? Okay, perfect. Just making sure. So we got, uh, along with that motivation, we got Tin in the house. Tin's going to tell you about himself in a little while, but he's a comedian in the Bay Area. Been doing comedy, I'm going to say, a, a little over a year now. He'll tell you about that. Uh, but ultimately, I want you guys to give a warm hand to Tin. Welcome, Tin. Thank you, thank you so much, everybody, so much. Thank you for coming out. Uh, no, no, sit down, sit down. You look amazing. You're outstanding people. Can you hear me out there? Everything cool? All right. Um, well, thank you, Aisha, for having me. It's a beautiful place you have here. Yes, I have been trying to do comedy for the last, um, Last three years, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. You know, I, I started doing comedy because everybody would just always laugh at everything I said. I'd be dead serious. I, it'd be an emergency sometimes. Like, hey, man, I need to... Shit, my, my friend just got shot. I need to hurry up and get to the hospital. Can you please... Can you please get me right? <laughs> like, what, what are you laughing at? What is so funny here? But, um... It's a struggle, this comedy shit, man. It's not as easy as one would think. Ups and downs, highs and lows. And then you gotta figure out what the fuck do people think is really funny? Cause I feel like I'm hilarious. I'm, I'm, I'm one hilarious guy and I be laughing at so much, I think I'm going insane. It's turning more into a confessional than a comedy set, isn't it? <laughs> but it's uh. I love you too. Thank you, baby. You're you're amazing. Yes, this audience, this audience looks spectacular. Like in my head, I just imagine some of the most beautiful people. Uncle Earl, I see you in the audience. We got a forty in the building. What's up, Big Daddy? I see you, the ambassador of the Bay. That's what's up. I thank you, appreciate you all for coming out tonight. Uh, as you can't see, because some of you are on radio, but as the audience can tell, I'm a larger man. I'm big, big bone, fat. Fat motherfucker. 
Only fat people can say that though. It's disrespectful what other non-fat people say it, but other fat people can say you fat motherfucker. Like I can look at any fat person like, hey, you fat motherfucker, let's go get something to eat. And they be like, ah, let's go, motherfucker. It's all good. I see this one fat nigga. <coughs> he was so big, I guess. Like I don't know his story. I'm totally assuming this, but I guess he uh, he lost his feet because he was so big. And I'm like, this motherfucker got the perfect excuse not to exercise no more. You fat motherfucker. You lucky son of a bitch. And he just he just drove by like, that's right, bitch. He knew what I was thinking because it was a fat person telekinesis. He's like, yeah, that's right, bitch. Just drove by in his little scooter like, eh. Almost ran over my toes. Little bitch. Certain burdens come with being a fat man. You know, the high blood pressure, possible amputation. From uh, heart disease and diabetes and stuff like that. But other things, other burdens are relevant when you're a large man. You know, such as people calling out random fat people you kind of look like. Yes, I do look like Suge Knight, okay? It's only because of the bald head and beard. No, no, I did not kill Tupac. I was not in Vegas. I was only 12 years old. Otherwise, I got the Uncle Phil one time. Somebody called me Uncle Phil when I had a goatee. I'm like, you disrespectful motherfucker. It's too soon. R.I.P. Uncle Phil. <sighs> Other birds are being a fat man. People always assuming you want something to eat. Like, I guarantee you any fat person you know ate before we got to your place, okay? We don't trust your food. You can't cook. We don't trust you. So, no, we're not always hungry. We plan accordingly. When we're headed to a destination, we know all the stops to go to. Like, oh, we're going to the east? Oh, we got to stop by Little Daryl's to get that barbecue. We know where to go. So, trust me, no fat person is hungry when you see them. Now, if you've been with them for a while, you might see them get hungry again. And that's another story. Another uh, burden of being a big man. People always assuming that I'm just coming in there and eat their food. Like, I walk into a, uh, my friend's place the other day. He's eating some sandwich or some shit like that. And he's just going to cover up his plate. Like, I'm just about to come in there like the cookie monster. Like, oh, oh sandwich, give me, give me, give me, me one food. No, motherfucker. Nasty looking ass sandwich. It was dry anyway. It didn't even have the right mustard. Fuck your sandwich. Oh, other burdens of being a big man. Oh, I like that I can smoke in here. We need more venues where you can smoke. It's really comfortable. Other burdens of being a big man. Sweating, I hate sweating, and it's so gross. It's like I just sweat from. I'm sweating right now, and I'm just standing here. Admit it, I have a couple layers on, but still, it's fuck. I'm having I'm having sex now, so you know I'll be sweating doing that shit. I feel bad though when it's, you know the missionary style when the guy is on top. I'd be like, nah. I'd be trying my hard to control my breathing because I'd be in it and I feel I feel it start from my forehead and just go down to my nose. I'm like, ah shit, ah shit. A couple more pumps. It's gonna drop on her. Bow. I see it drop on the titty. And I'd be like, shit. Shit. And then, you know, it's it's bad because you know the titty drops, they don't really recognize. It's when they you get into it and it drops on their face and into the mouth. Damn it, because if that was me, it would be over. I'm like, no, nigga, stop, pineapples. Enough. Oh, Get off. I gotta say, uh. No. Yeah. <laughs> you 
so gross. I love it's it. disgusting. I I hate sweat. That's why I only do doggy style. I'm start only doing doggy style out of respect for the ladies, because I don't want my sweat to drop in your mouth. Sweat on the butt cheek. Hey y'all, welcome to Whoa Wednesday. Uh, if y'all don't know, I'm the hostess with the most Aisha Bird song, and that actually is the Whoa Wednesday breaker, which means that exactly at about 7:50 or sometime before. They actually put that on. So I'm going to let it play for a moment. And um, what I'm going to do is show you guys the past because you guys need to be. I'm just joking. I'm not going to do that. Uh, So today is a very special day. And the reason why it's a very special day is because I'm here. Yay. And the other very special reason why is because we have Mama Jet. Uh, Mama Jazzy, Mary Poppins in the house. And I'm just going to say Mary Poppins because we're going to keep it like that. So uh, I'm going to let this breaker play and I'm going to make sure that we are up and motherfucking recording today. Okay, so I'm going to give you guys this because we got Mama Jazzy in the house. So I'm going to fucks with it right here. You can supply these two things. I'm going to give you that one for the moment. I do not own the rights to these songs. I think that I'll keep loving you way past 65. We made a language for us two. We don't need to describe. Every time you call on me,
right. That's the best friends. Um, I cannot tell you the person who sings that because actually I kind of can't pronounce her name. It's like Sophie Tucker. Sophie. Sophie or Sophie. Either way, uh, that's near nor here nor there. I do not own the rights to that song. Um, but me and Jazzy, I got Jazzy in the house. Uh, we got Kips Fuller, Kipster Fuller coming on. Rose Hines, they're going to be dropping some comedy with for us. You guys have already seen them, slash you could say heard them before. Um, and hopefully they uh, show up with some awesome stuff and we'll be discussing some things. But on the way here, me and Jazzy, we took the long way because we was just chilling and shit, having ice cream and shit, you know. And we were discussing some things, and I want you guys to know that this is absolutely 100% true, okay? I do not own the rights to this song, but when I was 13 years old, from the age of like 13 to like, hey, Kip, Kip's in the building, hey, when I was like 13 years old to like 16, hey, Rose, I used to sing the chorus to this song over and over and over and over as I did my dishes and my friends sasha sarah shrey janae jennifer johnson they all heard this shit and basically when me and jen was riding in the car when i was like 18 years old we was coming back from some fun times and we heard the song on the radio and she said isha did you sell your song and i said no bitch so I want you guys to know if you do not use your brilliant ideal that you have right now, God is planting it in somebody else's brain right now. And they might be working harder and faster and they might get to your goal before you get to your goal. So I need you guys to work hard and listen to this song. It's a chorus that uh, I can't take credit for, but uh, I used to sing this chorus as I was doing my dishes all the time. And then when I turned 18, a song actually came out that was a real fucking song. So it's not cool. And life goes on and you learn and you live. And believe it, I wrote the chorus of this song when I was 13. And I didn't use it, guys. It's been five months since you went away. So my deal got recycled. And or some trifling ass motherfucker heard me while I was singing that shit and they turned it into a goddamn song. It's alright. Listen to the chorus. That's a little girl's dream. Shannon. So I 